0: Welcome to Arts District. My name is Sterling Shea, and today I was lucky enough to chat with the Executive Artistic Director of Dallas Children's Theatre, Robin Flatt, and Bruce Coleman, who is the playwright and director for DCT's newly commissioned play, Andy Boy. Andy is a transgender teen entering his first day of school identifying as a male. Former classmates recall his last name when they hear it, but there's something different about Andy that keeps the dots from connecting clearly in their minds. Soon, his new teachers, classmates, and his classmates' parents will figure it out. How will they react with aggression, with compassion, with confusion? Inspired by one teen's journey, Andy Boy is told with a sensitivity towards Andy and uses wit, heart and warmth to help audiences find their way to greater compassion and awareness this is my conversation with robin and bruce enjoy
1: hi well my name is robin flat and i started dallas children's theater in 1984 Mm -hmm. and our focus has always been for young people and the family and um so I feel like because that's our focus, that we also need to be involved in what are the issues that kids are facing. So we've always tried to present not only entertainment, but plays that kind of reach more deeply into kids' lives and what they're worried about, what they're concerned about, what they don't know how to talk about. And... Um, so this this play evolved because there was a kid in our program mm-hmm. who decided to transition, and we watched this child grow up from a young person. Now um, he's a junior at Booker uh, T. Washington High School, mm-hmm. and he's um, he's just a fabulous guy, and we're so proud of him. And we thought, you know. Coy Covington, my um, wonderful I um, partner in crime, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, he suggested that we ought to look at this topic. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, we have the perfect example and uh, to be the inspiration for the piece. Not that we're telling that exact story, mm-hmm. but it's certainly inspired by the realization that this topic of transitioning, you know, to be a trans person, is very, very important to discuss and to have a way to talk about. And for those of us that have not been through that experience with anyone in our own families, we need a better vocabulary for how to address it and a better understanding. And uh, so we called in Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, Bruce is a wonderful artist and a, a director and a playwright. And we just thought he, and we knew that he knew this this kid, and that he would be um, the perfect person to discuss the idea of creating a play that would open doors for dialogue. And he and, um, has done it. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm
2: super, super grateful. Uh, I'm Bruce Coleman, uh, and I have been a theater professional in Dallas and Fort Worth since 1985. So, just right after you started (laughs) this organization, (laughs) I got my start at uh, Theater 3. I spent uh, 20 of the last 30 years there, um, and um, director and designer mostly, but about 15 years ago or so, I started writing and um, been fairly successful. Um, Coy Covington is someone that's been a, a champion of my writing, in fact. And uh, when he suggested that I meet with Robin for this, I was really excited because I've not yet had a opportunity to work with the, the children's theater, and here I am as the director, <laughs> the writer, and the costume designer. <laughs> so they're getting a lot of bang for and their the buck. <laughs> and the beast and designer. And the beast designer. That's right. There's a video game involved that we'll get into in a minute. But okay. um, but anyway, um, having known Xander and his mother Wendy. Um, uh, you know, it was. Uh, I knew there was somebody that I could talk to about this because, again, you you said the exact right thing. Where's what's the dialogue? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the, you know, the the uh, vocabulary uh, to use? And uh, so you know, I I started out very academic in that I sent them like a questionnaire. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Here are twenty five questions for you to fill out <laughs> as a trans person and the mother of a trans person. And I got those back, and that kind of gave me a springboard, but. Once I sort of got the idea and started shaping the play, I had many, many conversations with uh, Xander and his mom, Wendy. Um, And, uh, you know, the the play sort of, you know, became what it is. And we uh, read it for the board of directors and Robin, and they were very excited about it. And then we were able to present it at a festival. And, uh, you know, I asked... Xander if he'd be interested mm-hmm. in reading for the part of Andy, reading the part. And he he was a little trepidatious about it, I think because, you know, he has an inherent shyness as well. But he's getting over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's really becoming an incredible actor. Yeah, He's really, really talented. And the more we talk, the more things changed. And, uh, you know, he's just a really valuable uh, resource to have. And mm-hmm. he is... He is Definitely uh, my leading man in this play.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he, he always says, make sure <laughs> everybody knows <laughs> it's not my story. It Aww. is a story. <laughs> it is a story. Yes. And, and that's exactly right, you know, because it's, you know, uh, it, it's not a monolithic group of people. Everybody has their own experience and their own story. And it just so happens that this is one person's story.
1: You know, I think... One of the things that's really been exciting to me over the years with Dallas Children's Theater is to see how many kids come in who are shy and, you know, are a little afraid to make their own statements and uh, to stand up for themselves. And I I think that what we've been able to do as a theater is to give those kids a place to gain confidence to find their vocabulary, to find their tribe, mm. to to find how to be themselves and then project themselves through a character. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's great just
2: it's life changing when I think of it, it is, is life changing. <laughs>
1: and and I see this kid in particular who's gone from being just painfully shy and feeling like, you know, it didn't fit into the Mm-hmm. Ordinary kind of social patterns of kids, and and to see that growth and to see him now, mm-hmm. and he is so confident. Yeah. And but at the auditions which we held at Booker T. Washington mm-hmm. High School because they're our partner, they're our uh, production partner mm-hmm. in this 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 uh, project. Uh, it was just beautiful watching yeah. the the way <laughs> he was. I mean, obviously he was the anchor, and the other kids were
2: reading. Relative to well, him. he was like driving the tempo, yeah, was he was insane. driving the you know, the the tone and all of that stuff and he was, you know, really being a leader mm-hmm. in that audition situation, which is fraught with so many emotions anyway. But the kids were just latching in to what he was pushing them to do and it was, it was a revelation. I mean, on mm-hmm. both sides, not only the kids auditioning but also to see Just in the course of like a year and a half, how much he's grown.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I like what you were saying about they are not a monolithic group of people. And I am a straight, white, blonde woman. And there's thousands of movies and plays about someone like me. Mm -hmm. So I never see a play about a blonde chick and go, well, that's not my experience. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, I, I like that this is a play meant to create a dialogue and provide you with some resources to get started, but that this is just Andy Boy's story.
2: Well, and another thing that I chose to do, too, right off the bat, and I think this was the first thing that you got excited about, yeah, was that no, we, we were approaching it with it, yeah. um, humor, mm-hmm. that you know there could be a lot of Sturm and Drang and darkness, and there is. I mean, we're not denying that that happens, but in this particular story these kids are funny, you know, uh, the, this, the situation is, you know, there's some inherent humor. The, the mother has a certain attitude, you know, that's humorous. They are confronted by, um, you know, some people that aren't quite on board and it's Mm -hmm. dealt with, you know, uh, even amongst the kids, there's a certain amount of, well, I need to figure this out first before we all become fast friends. But, um, we went through, uh, uh, well, actually two weeks, I guess if you want to include our performance at Booker T. Washington of uh, developmental performances, where we just did a staged reading mm-hmm. of it for different groups, um, people that are partnering with us and, and you know, just interested in the subject and got a lot of feedback. We had talk backs afterwards with mm-hmm. members of the, the community, the trans community, people, professionals that you know work in the field, psychologists and things like that. And would have these great uh, talkbacks afterwards where I got a lot of really great information. Mm-hmm. And so the the play sort of evolved over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I still felt very protective of Andy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, uh, you know, people kept saying it should be harder for him. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, on that journey and, you know. Made it, you know, a little bit more of a prickly situation, but at one point I put my foot down and I mm-hmm. said, no, this is his story and right. his story is going to be honest and truthful. But I, I I feel in my heart that if we, if we model love, if we model empathy, if we model understanding, you know, humanity, all those things, I think that people who take the step of walking through the door are going to be more likely to join us, mm-hmm. you know, instead of uh, if, if they come in for a bludgeoning, and we're not going to bludgeon anybody, you know, so.
1: Yeah, and, I, you know, I think um, Dallas Children's Theater has been involved for many years in developing new scripts, I mean, almost from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I firmly believe that, you know, if, if you're a theater that's going to be responsive to your community, you have to be responding to that community, which means you've got to develop works that relate to the community or grow yeah. out of the community. So, um, and, but, you know, just to write a script and go do it, you, you, don't, you don't reach all the threads that are there that are necessary to really make it a strong work. So I can't, you know, I can't thank TCG and the Darius Duke uh, foundation enough for their support of us in this project.
2: Tell them a little bit more about that, what that is.
1: Well, this uh, TCG, uh, Theater Communications Group, mm-hmm. is a national organization that um, members has members... Uh, in the professional, I mean, the professional theaters all over the country are members of TCG. And we have conferences periodically and they send out all kinds of great... They also publish American Theater American Magazine. American Theater Magazine. So, I mean, they're, they are kind of our unifying force, yes. our umbrella out there. And... Um, so every now and then they send out um, RFP, I mean, you know, they do uh, funding, and so they had this major grant uh, that they sent out nationally for building audiences, and we applied because we felt like this is an audience that is marginalized sure. it doesn't really have works that... Uh, particularly for the youth world, that address their concerns. And so we were one of six across the country that were chosen to have this, this uh, significant funding, which uh, is really funded through the Doris Duke Foundation. That's how usually it usually works, with TCG itself is more of a service. Yeah. World. And um, but it's they identify and then we report back mm-hmm. to
2: uh, TCG. It's really really huge. It, I mean, it, it's I can't it, even wrap my head around that. Yeah, it. it's, it's such a big deal.
1: It, it's so exciting. So this this gave us then the funding to be able to have time to pay the director and the actors right. to meet and work mm-hmm. you know work for a whole week just reading the script and listening to it and then to perform it five different times, five different totally different locations. Mm-hmm. And so we have these other partners. So I'd just like to mention them. The okay. First Unitarian Church of Dallas mm-hmm. is—I mean, what a what a blessing that group is. They're it's fabulous. Incredible. They're really, really uh, asked really so, so many fantastic really, questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They welcomed everybody. Yeah. They embraced us. They're going to do a community dialogue mm-hmm. after the show closes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the work keeps. Extending and reaching out further and further. Uh, we also are very grateful for Te- to Texas Instruments, mm-hmm. who they did, hosted uh, along with the Resource Center of Dallas, a, a reading, uh, PwC, Bryce Waterhouse Cooper uh, was one of our partners, or is one of our partners, and Capital One. Mm-hmm. So we're embraced yeah. by the community, mm-hmm. which is a big deal yeah. already. You know, and then
2: so they're endorsing it and. Give us um, just a lot of support. The level of excitement was mm-hmm. really interesting. I mean, you know, because I expected, well, we're going to go do this thing, and we'll read the play, and we'll get a couple questions. <laughs> but we they'll... didn't promise <laughs> them anything at the <There'd laughs> beginning, other than we would right, play <laughs> exactly. But you know, people wanted to. St- they wanted to talk about it. Right. They were really, really excited mm-hmm. about it, and you know, and they liked what they were seeing and what they were hearing, and I th- you know, it was. It was really he, inspirational to me. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but well, it was he
1: going. had to work. He had yeah. he, he had to work his mind off because yes. <laughs> at every reading there yeah. were suggestions, and so I would make no, changes. No two reading. readings were right. the same, exactly. You know the characters grew, the um, the plot thickened. Yes. And you know, and he guided that, and Mm. he then he could try it out, and then we could hear it, we could discuss it some more. So it's it's a fabulous process, Mm -hmm. and I think nationally, it's 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 the kind of process that we need, particularly in theater for young people, because we don't have the chance to have an off you know uh, off Broadway tryout out someplace in New England, you know. We yeah. have to do it for ourselves. And so this is really, really significant that mm. we've been able to have the funding, that we've been able to do it, we've had such and, that, and also that the playwright was willing to listen because sometimes, <laughs> you know, they nope, this is my play. I don't right. want don't
2: touch it. I don't want to change Sorry. a word. It's right. perfect. Um, and I was very proud of myself. And I don't want to say that it's is right. that um, you know, I was pretty, pretty mm-hmm. open uh, to it. Now, like I said, there were there came a time when I finally said, <laughs> but you know we're going to get into this process here we're we're having a fully realized production here at the Children's Theater that opens February 6th and uh February 7th I'm sorry February 7th uh, and um you know there may be changes in this process as well mm-hmm. you know there's there's one I know that's coming that has to deal with a technological aspect of, of the, the play. Should I go ahead and segue into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but you're going to have to help me with some of these names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank Part you. of the framing device for the play, and I don't ask me where this came from, <laughs> but uh, you know, I wanted to find a, a common ground for the kids to meet on. And a lot of the kids that I have known, are, you know, they— they they find uh video games you know or or games that they play on their phone and, and stuff like that you know it's a, it's a leveler for them it's something that no matter who they are where they come from they all meet at Fortnite, you know i mean Mm -hmm. so um you know so i made up a a game that has little shadows of pokemon go about it but it is its own thing i checked with several fans of pokemon go and they have said no this is very different so um in fact one of my friends wrote me a fifteen (laughs) thousand word essay i was like okay good um so i just created this little video game for them to talk about and they play and uh you know it, it um the game itself is about taking um, the best bits and pieces of uh, these different beasts and combining them so that they become the best that they can be, and they transform into the thing that they were always meant to be. Mm-hmm. So metaphorically, it sort of mirrors Andy's journey. Right. Uh, you know, and the, the beasts are heart beasts and soul beasts and body beasts and power beasts and all those things. And, um You know, so there's a nice little metaphor going on in there, and you know it's fun coming up with the different names and what the different things did and all that stuff. Well, part of the the technical component, I guess, this ties back into the TCG gram, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have uh, gotten together with um, a video designer and some CGI guys and all these. uh, Where's Josh from? He's from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) This guy just showed up. He's a miracle. (laughs) He's a miracle. But he's basically, um, you know, just in discussion. And with the short amount of time that we've had, uh, you know, just what can we do, you know, technologically uh, that could be exciting, and could be different, and could tie into this play as well. Support the play, but not overwhelm the play. Mm -hmm. And so working with uh, Josh Grob is his last name. Uh, and his team of modelers and developers and, and uh, all that stuff are creating uh, three-dimensional versions of these creatures that I've created so that there's an opening monologue that Andy gives when he's talking to the audience about playing the game, and you get, you get the metaphor. So as he's talking about these creatures, they're now going to appear on stage as 3-D projections. And then they have movement. <laughs> and they move. It's amazing. It is watch. so amazing. <laughs> it
1: is so amazing. Yeah, we and were so then, excited about it. I, I had, uh, at the last board meeting, yeah. I said, we got to at least give them a peek, so he Gave us the footage so we could mm-hmm. show how one of them would would, would make some movement
2: and look, look more alive, and mm-hmm. this is awesome. And, yeah, and, you know, and I, I handed him some, you know, very two-dimensional little watercolor designs for these creatures, and now I'm seeing them being created in a three-dimensional world. <laughs> There's also, at the end of the play, when uh, the kids are teaching one of the mothers how to play the game, uh, there is now going to be, the audience will be instructed. We're still figuring this out (laughs) that they will upload an app to their phone. So at the very end of the play, they can hold their phone up to what's going on on stage and AR augmented reality characters will show up and surround the live actors on stage. It is nuts. (laughs) I keep saying that. It's like, it's so nuts. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's just incredibly cool. Um, but again, you know, it'll support the play and not overwhelm it. Um, so and, it to- and it moves the play
1: totally sure. into the mm-hmm. into the world of our, our teenagers. I mean, that's the main thing is we want to yeah. capture their ideas, their imagination, and so that... And it makes it up
2: to the minute. Yeah, it's, mean, it's right, yeah, it's it's right, right, right on the cutting it's, edge yeah. of where they are. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, it, it, yeah, I, but anyway, and uh, the idea is also, you know, speaking with Josh, our miracle man who came to us from a cloud somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, you know, we'll continue to develop the game even beyond this version of the play. So that if the play does go on and have a life after this, which I really hope it does, um that the game will be part of that, you know. That you know, when a theater picks up the play to do, they also have the option to pick up the video yeah. mm-hmm. to go with it, yeah. and uh, and it'll develop into something that will have even more audience participation attached to it, mm-hmm. so that eventually it will become an actual game. Yeah, that you can <laughs> upload last, and play. Uh,
0: the last play I was in, and the last few plays I've been to. Everyone in the audience had their phone out. Mm -hmm. And they're engaged, they're Mm -hmm. paying attention, they're responding, but it's just becoming a part of the audience culture Mm -hmm. that this is a very casual environment and Mm -hmm. everyone has a phone, so Mm -hmm. just have it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that you guys have found a way to make it a bigger part of the
2: play. Well, it's an integral part. and, And, you know, and also, you know, as the playwright also finding the way to integrate it so that you still get the play. Mm-hmm that, you know, even without the video game aspect of it, the play is still there. Yeah, we had a lot of discussion about where where things could happen, yeah. and, uh, techno,
1: and know, how te- to direct techno- the audience auto. without but breaking But it's like, the well, wall. no, if we do this, yeah. then, you know, we'll just, all we'll do is look at the game and the play will go down the tube. Yeah. And we are a theater. We want to tell a story. Yeah. We want to tell a dramatic story. We want people emotionally engaged. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a balance between get, sure. capturing that and also getting, yeah. you know, have the fun of this game and the mm-hmm.
2: excitement. So how do you how do you marry those two? Yeah.
1: So that's what we'll be looking at yeah we I mean, go and, through these rehearsals. Know,
2: and staying know. just as, you know, uh, bendable about it yeah. as we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So stay gentle. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: exciting. Uh, yeah, um, I, keep, I
2: keep laughing and I keep telling people, you know, I was sitting in my pajamas on my sofa yeah. <laughs> in my living room, typing on my little computer. Who knew? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And I like uh, going back to your sponsors. Um, I think it's so easy and, and it's such a point of contingency with a lot of my friends that when you think about sponsorships in the gay community, It's who has the biggest float at the Pride Parade and who Mm -hmm. turned their logo rainbow for Mm -hmm. the month of June. And that these sponsors that you have found are going so much further of that and really just putting their money towards Mm -hmm. their local community against, like, something important. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, my experience with, uh, especially in the developmental part of this, when we were actually there at these places, Mm -hmm. is that they have large LB gte communities Mm -hmm. i mean you know that they're and the workforce the workforce yeah that they're super supportive of and Mm -hmm. you know and uh it was it was incredible it was such a great great experience Mm -hmm. you know because you know i i don't know from price waterhouse you know i don't know anything about capital one Mm -hmm. but you know but knowing that they're
1: but they have these real... I mean, they're not just superficial commitments. No. Right. They are real, they're serious, real commitments, deep yes. commitments. And their comments were yeah. serious and thoughtful and imaginative mm. and creative. I mean, you know... And
2: full it, of humanity. Full of, I yeah, mean yeah they, just it, it, it was great.
1: really just the wonder, most wonderful yeah. embracing it. You know, it's just... Yeah. Couldn't ask for much more.
2: No, nope.
1: And and Booker Tia, I mean, because they really are our producing sponsor. Mm-hmm. And uh, right from the get-go, because of... When I went in to talk to the principal, Dr. Scott Roots about it, he he just jumped out, he said, absolutely, we're on we're on board with you. Absolutely. And uh, the
2: statistic is that the two to three percent of American high school students are are dealing with the transition issue in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a big number. I mean, any so, numbers is a So big we, number. we've gotta know how to talk about it and yeah. how, have and make people feel and safe understand. and, you know.
0: Right. How are you navigating conversations like that in the rehearsal space and then later on with the audience?
2: Well, I don't think we have any problem in the rehearsal space. No. Everybody's already yeah. involved, and they, they yeah. they've met Xander and they know Xander, and you know. So, I mean, they they have questions. Yeah. He's open to ask exactly. and so forth, and, and Xander's very verbal. About
1: oh, sure, sure, sure. So he, yeah. he's he's not trying. Yeah, you know, he's he'll talk about his journey. The play does not really talk about you know all the aspects of transition, yeah. but you know he's he's open about it. Uh, with with you know people right. like with cast members, yeah. using.
0: But the play serves as a springboard, and then yeah. after you see the play, you and say, then "Here are your." Play, well, other well, we're resources. going to have
1: we the way we do these plays is all of any because we've done a long series of plays that deal with death issues mm-hmm. for teens like bullying and eating, uh, you know, uh, dating violence, eating disorders, uh, learning differences, etc. But <clears throat> We do not have the audience talk with the cast. We mm-hmm. bring in people who have training about how to talk about the subject. They work with, you know, with, they have their own uh, practices mm-hmm. where they help help kids through different situations. Uh, they're psychologists, psychiatrists. They're members of work at hospitals and uh, SMU, uh, Scottish in Texas Scottish Rite Hospital. And so they're, they're amazing people, and they're very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So we want, we have, these, we have that access mm-hmm. in Dallas. We yeah. have some of the most knowledgeable, most caring, most wonderful people here. And, and, and those are the people, that, that that's the yeah. pool that we draw from. You know, to come and facilitate a discussion with the audience. We also, for this particular show, will have members of the trans community mm-hmm. as uh, people there to talk to.
2: And one of the the <clears throat> greatest joys for me out of this process is that I am not a trans person, mm-hmm. and I wrote a play about a trans person with, uh, you know, a lot of input from a trans person and their family. Um, The first time that I met with somebody from the community was outside of the process, she walked up to me and she gave me a big hug and she said, I love your play. Mm -hmm. And it's been a lot of really positive feedback from the trans community. I mean, I haven't I haven't. I'm gonna say yet. I haven't yet yeah, yeah. hit that person who has said, you know, you have no right to to do this. Yeah. Everybody's been super, super uh, supportive so far. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I. But we, we from have the this, community, you know. But we've also spent some time discussing sure. how to field the questions sure. from people who aren't, you know, aren't wanting to talk about the subject. Are very um, have a very different opinion about how we. Should be doing things, so um, you know. So we have talking points. I think particular one of the talking points that comes from the show is from the play is uh, Andy Boyce says something about I I just want to have friends. You know, I don't want to be alone. I want to have friends, mm-hmm. and doesn't every person want to have friends? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be able to open doors so that all kids have friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, that's one of the talking points we'll use. Yeah, it's and
0: such a universal yes. human experience. There's so much universal.
1: It yeah. 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 Well, we're
0: not that different.
1: So, so we'll start from that point and then go to other. But, um, you know, but we, we've, we have invested quite a bit of time right. discussing mm-hmm. the negatives that we might encounter.
0: And I think you've done a great service just casting a trans person to play the role because there are more playwrights and screenwriters writing trans roles in their work and then not casting a trans mm-hmm. person to do that. So, yeah. having a trans person as that mouthpiece, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that, that we're all sensitive yeah. enough that, that we wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah. You know, even I mean, I was really holding my breath at the beginning, hoping that Xander would say yes to acting in it, mm-hmm. but fully prepared to try and find someone else if, you know, if he'd said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fortunately, thank mm-hmm. you, God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said yes and he's great. Mm-hmm.
0: How long was your writing process? It's about three years now, almost,
2: isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the whole process so yeah. far is almost three years. But, uh, I, you know, sometimes I write quickly, sometimes I, I don't, but I think I had, from my first initial meeting with you mm-hmm. until the time that we had that sit-down reading for the board, I think it was about two and a half months mm-hmm. to knock out the, the initial, and it's a, it's a one-act, and it usually runs about 45, 50 minutes long. It's not quite an hour. Well, Maybe now a, that you've had. Maybe days. so, now that, you know, there's the Fandango dances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tap number.
0: <laughs> yeah, I totally respect writers because I did, I lived in LA, mm-hmm. and I did the LA thing where I was like, I can't get any work, I'm just going to write my own screenplay, Mm -hmm. and I went to the coffee shop across from the studio, Mm -hmm. and I wrote for hours, and you get like two and a half pages. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how anyone finishes anything.
2: I've been Um, uh, very, very fortunate (laughs) in my life as a playwright. I've had this, I believe, is my 15th play to have been produced mm-hmm. not just written sitting in a drawer i mm-hmm. mean i've i've had things produced at theater 3 at our productions at um, uh, uptown players i've had things produced with uh, upstart productions uh, the yellow solo festival etc cetera, etc cetera. so i've been really really fortunate and I, you know if somebody were asked me what my process is I would say that all 15 of those experiences have been different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I start at the end of the play. Sometimes I start in the middle of the play. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I just write down a list of characters that I'd like to see. So, I, you know, process-wise, I don't know. This really, this kind of just tumbled right out of me, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's a really funny scene where the kids are talking about picking their new names. Mm-hmm. And that was the very first thing I wrote. And then it all just kind of blossomed out from there. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I had a deadline. That helps. (laughs) Having a deadline. (laughs) You have to have this by Tuesday. Then I'll have it by Tuesday. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Can you explain how commissioning a playwright works? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? No, we approached. No, we
2: called them. Yeah. And I, it, if, correct me if I'm wrong. What it was is that I was going to come up with something, and they were going to see if they were going to use it. Okay. You know, so I mean, they paid me for the time to write the play, and then they were going to decide what they were going to do with the play after that. And each step of the way, I, you know, it's been a it's been a brand new day.
0: <laughs> um, so you you both have careers that I think a lot of people in Dallas want to emulate. Mm-hmm. Can you? just both take turns walking me through your careers as artists yep. and administrators. <laughs> and oh,
1: gracious goodness. Get out the sock puppets. <laughs> I've been around a while. Oh, well, I, I, I started at the Dallas Theater Center. Uh, got my at, at, at one time, the Theater Center had a graduate program. So after graduating from uh, Baylor University, I came up and uh, spent couple of years finishing, uh, doing my master's, and then I became a member of the company, so I was a member of the original uh, resident company, the Dallas Theater Center, where I had you know, fabulous opportunities to, to act, to direct, to, to teach, to create works that I was ultimately assigned the thankless project of taking theater into the parks. So we created a company, sort of a company within the company, and we traveled for seven years, uh, a different show every summer, uh, through the wonderful (laughs) hot summer of 1980, when it was 110 to 15 degrees for the whole summer. (laughs) anyway, so, you know, just, but a lot of different experiences. We toured stuff around Texas and some of their surrounding states. So I had experience, also I was a lighting designer, so... I, you know, I I became kind of an administrator, a director, an actress, a lighting designer, and teacher, and um, I was on the adjunct faculty for the graduate program after that. So, you know, if I wasn't doing one thing, I'd be doing another thing. So I never had to wait tables, which is really fortunate because I'd have been lousy. I would not have done a good okay. job. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm very fortunate, and i worked with absolutely brilliant people who cared about theater, cared deeply, a lot of playwrights, a lot of designers, a lot of fabulous actors, some of many who went on to L.A. or New York mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, but then uh, after working in the parks with these um, kind of imaginative pieces, I, and as things were changing at the theater center, um, I decided I really liked the multi-generational audience and really, and always, because of because I'd done a lot of dance and mime and movement, I uh, was always in, kind of in, involved with things uh, for kids, for young people and so forth. So it's a very fluid kind of theater. So 1984, I founded was. Children's Theater, <laughs> but no money. <laughs> but I had a great team of of, of artist friends mm-hmm. who jumped in and helped me get going and um, donated their services and talents and skills. And a lot of
2: people are, are still with you that were around in
1: their oh, own I years. there. Oh, there's five of us that have yeah. been here since virtually since we started. Wow. And then there's a whole sure. huge uh, army of people out, not only in Dallas Fort Worth but across the yeah. country. Who've you know come back and do stuff with us and so forth, and a lot of our people have gone through here, or gone to Broadway, and mm-hmm. gone on. So we are a terrific training ground. We and we we a lot of people come in here with maybe they've never put a resume together before, and you know, they audition. They don't always get cast, but but you know they we I we had a wonderful kid that uh, auditioned for. Uh, I, I I think it was Mar, uh, last stop on Market Street. Mm-hmm. Who who just wanted to not just I I just go to audition after the audition because I just I just want to understand how it goes and mm-hmm. and so we gave that person some ideas about mm-hmm. how they you know how they could uh, get better experience and have nice. a little bit of training and so forth. But then you know we have some very very talented people that work with us. Pretty re- regularly, and then others, a lot, of, a lot of new faces come on those. Day. Even me, I'm a new face. <laughs> a new face. Yeah. <laughs> we do not discriminate about that. Hey. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, You're I? the only one left. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, we've developed a lot of new, new works that have been published by particularly dramatic publishing, and uh, we hope that this one, we expect that this will also be yeah. published, so it'll be available at some point when we decide to, um, you know, yeah. share the rights with it uh, yeah. for the piece. And, um, you know, I, I just feel so fortunate to have the joy of working with just so many inspirational people that I just have
2: tremendous admiration for and respect for. And I have to give props to um, Robin and Coy and everybody that works here, too. I mean, I felt at home immediately... I felt embraced immediately mm-hmm. and you know that's that's a great headspace to be in when you're creating something new.
0: You guys have the nicest box office staff. They're,
2: they're so nice. <laughs> I know they a lot of people. They're so, every time, <laughs> I've
0: only called up here twice, but they're so happy to be there. <laughs> just so lovely. And I'm like, oh, I just hang up and I'm like, wow, I'm going to have a great day. I feel great.
1: <laughs> I tell you, Steve yeah. Jones is the box yeah, oh office manager. And oh my gosh, he's so great. And he, he's just a joy. He's a treasure. Good. And he... He he runs it very well. It's very organized, yeah. and he chooses people that you know care about yeah. Yeah. care about people. Mm-hmm. You know, because basically
0: that's, that's what your we have to do, that's you know. your first yeah. introduction to yeah. the Absolutely. theater is the box yeah. office. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. thank you for yeah <laughs> for doing
1: that. Um, they, that will mean something to them.
2: Bruce, um, I. Um Got my BFA in theater from Midwestern State University, which is a small liberal arts college up in uh, Wichita Falls. And uh, my whole life has been, you know, somebody saying, hey, why don't you come do this? And me going, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really had a plan in my life, but it's worked out pretty well. Um, I started my internship right out of college at Theater 3 in 85. Um, Jack Alder, who was um, my mentor, it was the artistic director there. For 56 years, he passed away uh, not too long ago. Um, and uh, he took a shine to me, his wife at the time, Norma Young. You know, she was great, and they asked me to stay another year and be a journeyman. And in the course of that year, uh, a show came up that didn't have a director attached to it. And <laughs> I, I raised my little hand and said, I'm interested in... He patted me on the shoulder and said, that's great. (laughs) And (laughs) he (laughs) couldn't find anybody and couldn't find anybody and couldn't find anybody. And I finally went to him again. I said, you know, I'm really serious about this. I'd really like to do this. So he invited me over to um, talk to he and Norma at their home. And I put on a tie. I. Uh, built a set model. I uh, blocked the whole show <laughs> and just went over and really sold it. And so I directed my first show professionally at an equity house in Dallas when I was 23 years old. And that opened all kinds of doors for me. Um, now, much like Robin, I've do a lot of different things. I'm also a costume designer. I'm uh, I do scenery, um, not so much of a lighting designer. <laughs> but uh, for me, it was always just about being employable. That if I wasn't doing this thing, I would be able to do this thing and make some money. And it's still, it's mm-hmm. still the way of my life. Is that I can pick up a couple of design gigs when I'm not directing or you know direct something when there aren't any design gigs around and sometimes you latch onto something and it it just it becomes one of those long-term things like uh, like i said i've 20 of the last 30 years i've worked at theater three in in lots of different uh ways uh the junior players is a a company that i work with every summer they do an outdoor shakespeare and i typically design the costumes for them i think i've done 13 summers for them (laughs) Uh, So, um, you know, it's really, it's just all about, you leave yourself open for whatever might come your way, be discerning, you know, always make sure that whoever's asking you to do something (laughs) has has the, you know, the backup to, to show you that they're, what they're telling you is for real, um, you know, be kind to people. Uh, you know, I've, I've tried to be, uh, you know, and as honest and ethical and mm-hmm. stuff as I can, uh, you know, because I don't know who said it, but the people you meet on the way are up are the same yeah. people you meet on the way down. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I feel like uh, right now I'm kind of starting a really interesting third act of my life and I'm just gonna stay open. Mm -hmm. You know, I've entered a lot of my plays and I've submitted them to different theaters just recently, which is something I've never done before. There's different uh, contests and festivals and things out there. I've submitted plays. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have a unique voice in that um, all of my plays have a a subtext of, or supertext even of uh, the LGBT community. Mm where it's not the main event. These people just happen to be this, and this is what they're experiencing. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I've won some awards and stuff like that, and um, some cash prizes too, girl. <laughs> hey,
1: hey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm really into the, the writing, you know, thing right now, and I've got two that are percolating. Okay. So we'll see what comes of that. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I just... I'd um, like to add a little bit more about Dallas Children's Theater, yeah, too, yeah. because we, we are recognized as one of the top theaters in the country for young people and families. And, um, and Time Magazine noted us a number of years ago as yeah. one of the top four or five uh, theaters for youth. Um, and I think it was partly because of our work for uh, the teen you know, looking at those teen issues and developing plays that addressed uh, their lives in such a, a really such a, a powerful and serious and deep way mm-hmm. and committed way. Um, we serve about 250,000 people here, which is a lot, a lot. So we have a large uh, outreach going across the country. Um, we also welcome, as I said, all, you know, people of all levels, and we have with our academy, we train a lot of students here coming in as age three and going all the way through their high school years and then coming back to us as um, maybe helping with the school or uh, you know developing skills and acting on our stages. But also
2: wonderful things, too, like you do the performances where the sensory... Level is brought down for kids that can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, every Every
1: production has at least one performance who we just scaled for kids on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That is just There's amazing. like three hundred thousand children yeah. in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Yeah. Um, you know, on that autism yeah. spectrum, and they need theater. Too. And they well, it's not. You know, we we were focused just on the kid themselves, but suddenly, as we started doing it, we realized it's not just that particular child who has that issue and that, that concern, it's their whole family. Mm-hmm. And so here, families are able to come together and see theater, whereas normally, they, they wouldn't have that opportunity. So, you know, we, we really, really care about that. We care about, we're trying to reach out to neighborhoods so that um, kids whose families don't have an opportunity to take them to theater can afford to come. So it's a neighborhood play date. And um, that's, that's advertised specially, uh, not as part of our. But this play will have a neighborhood play day, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, see a play day. I mean, it's not play, play. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, to people that are in, interested in being in the arts, interested in being in theater in particular, I think, you know, always... Always be aware of those people who are trying to find their way and see how you can help them. And also, don't be afraid of those people who know more than you do. I think that's been one of my assets, I believe, is that I really enjoy and value the input of people who are smarter than me. Oh, yeah. That's
0: why I started this podcast. <laughs> I'm like I want to talk to people who are better at this than me and Uh have these long careers. I was going to say there's a lot of people in DFW, a lot of young people who are starting their own companies just out of this Mm -hmm. need to create and Mm -hmm. taking the reins and saying I'll be an artistic director, I'll direct this play, I'll write this piece. Um, You kind of touched on it, but what advice do you have for those people who are guiding their own theaters right now.
1: Just don't give up. It is really hard. You ha just starting this theater I'd say, don't give up, don't give up. Don't, <laughs> give up, don't give up. Don't never, never what is it? You know, never, 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 never give up. I mean you have to be determined. You have to be willing to work hard as heck. You have to be willing to invite people into your your circle and you know not um, not think you have all the answers and really listen. Mm-hmm. I mean I think Part of my success is I have been willing to listen to people and their suggestions. And I've had fantastic people on our board, and we still do, who've just, when I've reached out, they've said, Robin, let's talk about this, let's discuss this, let's, let's find a way to accomplish this. And um, you, you cannot know all the answers. If you're in theater, there is no way you're going to know all of the answers for every single thing. And so f- surround yourself with as many brilliant people
2: as you possibly can. I would also say, um, and this actually comes from recent experience, where um, I was talking with somebody who was had just recently started a theater company, they're doing really well, and I'm very proud of them, uh, but I won't give names. <laughs> 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 um, you know, we went to have, have dinner, and, and, and I just remember starting my own company back in the 90s. We were around for about seven years. We were really successful. When we ended, we ended, you know, in the black and had a little bit of money in the bank and all that stuff. And... I go back and look at those pictures and I think one of the reasons we were successful is because we produced plays like we meant it. Mm You know, it wasn't enough just to grab a sofa and drag it on stage. It just that it had to look like something. Right. And that the production... It, and we never had any money. I mean, and, you know, I don't know what you would, if this is ego or whatever, but I built a 16th century castle with $75. <laughs> you know, and it looked great. And I think I won a Leon Raymond Award for it that year. Uh, but, but um, you know, as to if you're going to produce theater do it like you mean it. Yeah. And I think people respond to that, and they can tell how serious you are about it. And, you know, there's always been, I mean, I've been a little garage band theater before. You know, there's always been that in uh, the community. It's just so wonderful, you know. I mean, it really, because it, it feeds us, it grows us, it, you know, it ensures. It's the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, it is the pipeline. And it ensures really? that it will continue, and we're long gone, you know, and that's all great. But you know, I I like what you said too. Is that you know, don't be afraid to listen. I mean, Robin has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a good person to talk to. You know, uh, there are lots of people around that you know. Go have a beer with them and say, so how do I do this? <laughs> We're happy to to give you whatever we got. You I mean, know, you
1: have to be uh, you have to be available. And, uh, Open to opportunity. You just mm-hmm. never know. I look back at the sequence of things that happened oh, yeah. the Children's Theater, and it's just—it's amazing, you know—that we start. I said, I have you to place. First I have a place to do this. Yeah. Well, El Central College had a had a wonderful stage that was not being used, mm-hmm. and their lighting system was out. And they said, well, if you can come use it and bring some lights, you know, you can do something mm-hmm. in here. And the touring the touring thing that we'd done around the parks had just ended. So I said, well, I have all these lights. I can bring those. So, you know, so I went there. Yeah. And then the next thing happened and the next yeah. thing happened. And it's just, it's, it's you know... I, I I don't. You have to do. You have to plead the angels. Yeah. Uh, Reach out. Oh sure. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. It's it's pretty hard waiting for those (laughs) angels, (laughs) (laughs) right? But it's uh, yeah.
2: But while you're waiting for the angels, you're figuring some things out about yourself, even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like. um, you know, how? what is my level of commitment? What is, you know, what do I really want to have happen here? Do I want longevity? Do I just want to do a production of True West and then move on? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I remember talking to a young man that was
1: very interested in starting his theater. And, get this going, get this going. He's, but then he said something. He said, well, well, you know, but I have to have my time to go watch the games and do such and such. And I'm going, uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> well, good luck, darling. No. He hmm. didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, how and where and when can we see Andy Boy and keep up with the cast and crew?
1: Well, we are be any. I mean, you're welcome to come. Of course, to the uh, first reading on Monday night at what seven o'clock? Now yeah, think about seven. we're doing. Uh, yeah, it's seven. Yeah we're, we're starting stuff. paperwork yeah. stuff so it will be about seven cents. 7, so this yes. is probably before you'll have the podcast out but if you will contact us maybe will be, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably have uh, several points of like when we have the designer run yes. or when we have a, a early preview we have a preview performance uh, the night before we open mm-hmm. so if somebody would like to yeah. contact us we will be happy to uh, talk to them about the possibility. Yeah, well, I think uh, fe- February the 6th, if somebody wants t- to come and, uh, you know, see the show as a preview and then decide whether they're going to bring other friends to it, they're welcome. Um, but we just need to know because that will be an invited audience. Okay. But we have, um, you know, I would say there would be two or three opportunities during the rehearsal period. Okay. Where we would. You know, say yeah. This will be a gonna run through. We're going to run through. We're going to because you 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 know you kind of block and rehearse and do it up to a point, and then okay, we're going to have a run through this at this point. Okay, we're going to have a designer run through at this point. So, you know, we can. Um, I guess they'll. I don't know how you get information out to your people in that. Yeah,
0: kind of I can thing. basically um, take whatever you have on the website and say these are the dates. This is where you get well, tickets. Well, I don't know that we would
1: put that on the just on the website, but um,
0: the show, the performances. Oh, the performance dates, yeah.
1: absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we open on a Friday night. and We have a Saturday and a Sunday uh, that week, and then the next, the next week, we pre- well, we perform two weekends. Is basically what okay. it is. So, and there af- there's Friday night, Saturday afternoon at one thirty, Sunday afternoon one thirty and then there's some 430s in there too. So, okay. So, oh, they should come, prayer. but you know, if they want to preview, if they want to, you know, get a peek. You, to, you know, and you don't have to come and watch the whole rehearsal, you know, cuz I'd just like to come watch half an hour and just sort of see how it's
0: yeah, shaping see up. See how it's. Yeah. So, we'll we'll
1: try to have some uh sneak peek opportunities. And I guess the best thing is that if if you think your people would be interested in this, we could leave a list at the box office. Okay. So they just call the box office and say, uh, I understand there are going to be some sneak peek opportunities okay. for Andy Boy. And, um, you know, that, that'll be, they can't plan two weeks in advance because okay. we won't know. Okay. But But, um, you know.
0: I can call your very nice box office. You can. Okay. You can. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll probably plan on that then. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anything else? Because I definitely want to see it. You guys sold it very
1: well. Well, I'd love for you to come, you know, for the breeding okay. Monday night if you're available. I
0: think so. Yeah. Is it tomorrow, Monday?
1: Tomorrow, Monday. Oh, yes. Tomorrow's Monday. Okay. Yes, tomorrow night. I think so. Yeah, come back tomorrow night. Okay. 7 o'clock.
0: So, okay. I think you. you know
1: everything we know now. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm empty. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: do you guys have any closing remarks
1: or anything like that? Come see Andy Boy. It's gonna be a rare, unique uh, experience. It'll have humor, you'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll take home some new information.
0: I really appreciate you guys meeting with me And um, I can't wait to see the show. It sounds like I'm gonna pop into the reading tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys. It was so nice talking to you. Congratulations! Congratulations. I really appreciate your time. I'm glad you guys had fun.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and thank you. And you're really good at this. You are excellent. (laughs) Excellent.
0: It was so great to talk to Robin and Bruce. They both have rich and lasting careers in the DFW theater scene. If you want to see Andy Boy, it runs February 7th through the 16th at Dallas Children's Theatre. Go get your tickets at dct.org slash Andy That's A-N-D-I-B-O-I. There you can also find resources, videos, articles, therapists, and lots more that can help you answer any questions that you may have pre or post show. And we touched on it briefly in the interview, but I wanted to let you know about the dialogue and dinner event hosted by the First Unitarian Church of Dallas. It's called Understanding Transgender Identities and Realities. It's on Sunday, February 29th from 6 to 9 p.m. It's gonna be a great event for educators, allies, or anyone seeking growth and understanding. Uh, Keep an eye out on our social media handles. We'll post a link for how to register when it becomes available. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on whatever platform you're listening on. Leave a review and subscribe. That is the best way to help others find out about the show and our guests will only get better and better from there. Thanks y'all. Bye.